Well, good morning again, and uh, welcome to our online audience that's joining us today. We are glad that you are here today. And this morning, we're going to jump right into our summer series. We've been talking over the last few weeks about what we're calling the power of the why, right? The power of the why. And we're just going to revisit a couple thoughts. If you look on the screen with me this morning, we said the why is the belief or the reason behind the vision. It's the heartbeat, really, of every great thing that happens in our world today. Behind every great move of God, there is a vision. And behind every vision, there is a why. There is a belief and there is a reason that compels people to do what they are doing in the name and for the glory of Jesus Christ. We said the why does a couple things, right? It focuses us on the big picture. It sustains us through the difficult, challenging times. It empowers us to, uh, to be bold, right? To step up and speak up for the things that God has called us to do. And then it creates buy-in, right? We said that's critical because if you don't buy in, to the vision, then you'll never sell out to what God is really calling you to do. So over the last five weeks, we've been talking about the why of Liberty Church, and I want to just kind of pause for a second and just remind you of something that I believe is critical uh, to this entire series, and that is simply this. The reason it is so important that you and I understand the why of the local church and why we buy in and sell out to that vision that God has for the local church is really this. I believe it with all my heart. I believe that when you embrace God's vision for the local church, it gives you clarity for God's vision for your life. When you embrace God's vision for the local church, it gives you clarity for God's vision for your life, and this is why I believe that. Because God's vision for your life always connects you to God's vision for the local church. God's vision for your life always connects you to God's vision for the local church, right? Because God is not interested in building your agenda or building your kingdom or accomplishing your will. God is interested in building his kingdom, accomplishing his agenda, and fulfilling his will. And so God's vision for your life always connects you to God's vision for the local church. So you, when you grab hold of the vision of God for the local church, it begins to bring clarity as you begin to find your place in the body of Christ, all of a sudden you begin to find God's calling on your life, and all of a sudden you begin to recognize the vision and the why that God really has for you. Amen? And so that's huge in our daily walk with Jesus. So the why of Liberty Church, we said God said to create a place where distressed people can find freedom, where indebted people can be equipped and released to ministry, where discontented people can make a real difference in the world, right? We said real people connecting with a real God and a real community of faith, all of a sudden we can make a real difference in our world. We said that the what and the how of Liberty Church is the seven pillars of liberty, which are really seven foundational ministries that empower us to fulfill our why. We started out talking about Celebrate Recovery. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about worship. Last week, we talked about discipleship. Today, we're going to talk about two, other, uh, two of the other foundational ministries of Liberty Church. Today, we're going to talk about outreach ministry, and we're going to talk about our missions ministry, and we're going to see how outreach and missions are literally foundational to what God is doing in our church and in the local church as the body of Christ. Amen? So let's talk a little bit about outreach today. I want to give you a definition of what outreach is here at Liberty Church. So this may not be everybody's definition, but this is our definition of what outreach is. So outreach is the hand up ministry 
of Liberty Church. The hand up. That's not a mistake there. It's not a handout. It is a hand up, right? The vision statement of Liberty Church is simple. We want to reach out and we want to raise up. We want to reach out into a broken, hurting world, and we want to raise people up in their full potential in Christ. Let me just say this to you today. Before we ever had our first building, before we ever held our first worship service, God laid this foundation of outreach. God said years ago, over 21 years ago, he said, Keith, I want Liberty Church to be the church that helps people. I want Liberty Church to be the church that builds the community instead of the community building the church. How many know that the church should make the community a better place? How many know it's the church that strengthens families? It's the church that equips children. It's the church that heals the sick and mends the broken. It's the church that redeems and rescues and ministers the glory and the power of God. It is the church that makes the community a better place, not the community that makes the church. And years ago, 21 years ago, before we ever had our first official worship service, God laid that foundational pillar of outreach, and he said, I want Liberty Church to be the church that impacts the community, and I want it to be the church that helps people come to know God. Amen? And so Liberty Church, the outreach pillar of Liberty Church, is the hand-up ministry of Liberty Church. I want you to see this, that touches the spiritual, the physical, the emotional, and the financial needs of those in our community. It is a holistic ministry that touches every aspect of every person's life. And I want to just do something real quick. Miss Lilia Stebbins is sitting in the back. Miss Lilia, if you would please stand up. Lilia heads up our outreach ministries here at Liberty Church. Let's give her a great big round of applause. Miss Lilia, we love you so much. Thank you so much. She does such an amazing job, uh, not just leading, facilitating, and organizing. As you're going to see, we're going to see there are lots of teams of people that make up the outreach of Liberty Church. And Miss Lilia oversees those and does an amazing job keeping everybody working together for the glory of God so we can give our world a hand up so they can step into the life and the purpose and the power that God has for them. So how do we do outreach here at Liberty Church? Let me just kind of break it down for you. I hope you know this, but I would dare to say you probably don't. You probably don't recognize how much your church is doing in your community to make a difference in the hearts and lives of people that are around you every single day. So if you don't know this, I pray today is a great day. If you do know it, I pray it affirms your heart to be a part of something that's making a difference in people's lives. So this is what we do, how we do outreach. We do outreach through financial aid. I'm just going to stop right there. I'm just going to kind of preach through this as we go. So one of the things that we've done as a church, again, before we ever had our first service, this is what God said. He said, Keith, I want you to tithe on the tithe. And so before we ever started our first service, had our first building, we made a decision. We're going to tithe on the tithe. As a church, everything that comes into our church, we're going to take 10% that comes in and we're going to put it back out into our community. And for 21 years, we have been tithing on the tithe. For 21 years, we have been taking 10%. Amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise. We've been taking 10% of everything that comes in and we put it back out into the community to help people and to make a difference in their life. And so as a part of that, we provide financial aid. Now, again, uh, our outreach ministry is a hand up, not a handout. So if somebody comes in for assistance, they've got to do a couple things. Number one, they've got to fill out an application. 
because we have made a commitment that we want to help every legitimate need. And I can say to you in 21 years, to my knowledge, we have never turned away one legitimate need. Now, have we been able to do everything that everybody needed? Absolutely not, because we can't do everything. But we have been able to do something to help people, and we've never turned away a legitimate need. And what do I mean by a legitimate need? Well, I simply mean this. They fill out an application, and Miss Anita, Miss Anita, are you in here? Are you in this service right there? Miss Anita, you stand up, if you will. Everybody look back there. Wave at everybody, Miss Anita. Miss Anita, pause for is our secretary at Liberty Church, and uh, she really is the face of outreach at Liberty Church because everybody that comes in our church, and by the way, our offices at our downtown campus are open every Tuesday through Friday, and every Tuesday through Friday from 9 o'clock in the morning till 4 o'clock in the afternoon, there's a consistent flow of people that are coming to our church for financial aid and financial assistance. Miss Anita meets all those people. She takes applications from all those people, and then we call and we check references on every Every person that we help, we call and talk to their landlord and hopefully their employer if they're working somewhere to validate the, the, the legitimacy of their need. If somebody is actively in addiction, we don't help them. If somebody is living in a sexually immoral lifestyle, we don't help them. Why? Because our job as an outreaching church is not to give them a handout, but to give them a hand up. And we're not going to enable people to continue to live in sin. We want to empower people to come out of sin and walk in the victory that Jesus Christ has. And we have a little joke around the church staff, and this is kind of how it goes because we know this is really, really true. If I go on vacation and take off, not a big deal. If Brother Curtis or Pastor Rick or Brother Jim takes off and goes on vacation, not a big deal. If Miss Anita takes off and goes on vacation, we got to replace her because she's a big deal. Right? We can't live without her. She does such an amazing job of really just minister and meet, meeting the needs of people. And so through that process of checking references, then we follow up with those people and we help provide paying electric bills and paying water bills. We help people purchase their medicines or prescriptions that they couldn't do. And it is a powerful, powerful ministry. We're going to talk a little bit more about how that really works in just a minute. The second aspect is of our outreach, how we do outreach is our food box ministry. And uh, Miss Sharon George, was in our early service heads up our food box ministry and basically we give about uh, give away every a monthly food box to families and on an average we feed about 35 families a month that we're distributing food boxes and all you've got to do is sign up uh, and come in on the first Saturday of the month and we'll distribute a food box to you every box has a letter that has a devotional in it has a prayer has a word of encouragement where we're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ I want to talk a little bit more about that whole process in just a minute and Miss Sharon does an amazing job of providing those food boxes. We also have emergency food boxes for people that may need something in an emergency situation and something she reminded me of this morning. She said, Pastor Keith, remember to tell everybody, she said, we've now started doing hotel emergency boxes. And what we mean by that is we have people that are traveling through the town, going from one location to another location, and they're staying in a hotel in Arab for one night. And they don't have all the stuff that we have at home to cook food. So she's put together a special box for people that are in a hotel that can warm up, heat up their food and have something to eat that night before they get back on the road. And it's an amazing ministry, just feeding the hungry and reaching out to those that are hurting. If you look at that next point, we said not only do we do food boxes, uh, but we have our shoes, coats, and if you want to put a little slash there, I totally forgot this, Christmas, right? Our Christmas outreach ministries. And so every year we do a thing called Soul to Soul where we give away brand new name brand shoes to kids that are school age going back to school. And on August the 3rd, we're going to be distributing new shoes to our kids 
kids that have pre-registered and came in, and we give new shoes. And I share this story because it was one of the most impactful things I've ever experienced in my life. As we first started doing this, it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming because when you start giving away these new shoes to kids, it never fails. You'll have a fifth grade boy. How many know fifth grade boys are kind of supposed to be tough? (laughs) You'll have a fifth grade boy that'll start crying. Because this will be the first pair of new shoes he's ever owned in his life. And he's had hand-me-down shoes, and he's had Goodwill shoes and Salvation Army shoes, and there's nothing wrong with Goodwill and Salvation Army. I shop there. But when you're in the fifth grade and you get your first pair of brand-new name-brand shoes, it does something. And then when those shoes are being given, we're telling them about these shoes come from the heart of God and these shoes are given to you because somebody loves you and there's a God in heaven that loves you and sent his son Jesus to die for you. We do what we call our Christ coats for kids. When winter sets in, we'll give away new and gently used coats to school-aged children and we just wrap them up in the love of God. When Christmas comes around, we do an angel tree where you and I get to adopt an angel. We buy Christmas for kids that normally wouldn't have Christmas gifts. We also team up with our food box ministry and outreach, and we provide them with a Christmas meal with a turkey or a ham and all the fixings to go with it, and we send that home with the parents. Uh, We also partnered our outreach ministries and our discipleship ministries this year uh, to put together 107 Christmas shoe boxes. Uh, They're going to be going out, I think, to South America. Latin, Latin countries, and uh, so we've got 107 shoe boxes that are going out this Christmas as a result of our outreach ministries, and really just touching people in an amazing way with the love of Jesus Christ. We also have special events. You just saw Bradley uh, on the screen a while ago, and sporadically throughout the year, we'll do special events where we just try to reach out and raise people up uh, into their full potential in Christ and have an opportunity to share the gospel. So on August the 3rd, we're doing a special event. We're going to be giving away uh, for every adult that comes. They'll get a ticket, and we're going to draw out a door prize at the end of the day, and we're going to give away $500 toward their rent or their utilities. And you might say, well, Pastor Keith, why in the world would you want to that why do we have to give away $500 well because nobody in here ever goes fishing without putting bait on their hook right that Saturday morning we're going to have our dance crew here from our youth ministries we're going to have our Sunday morning worship team here leading worship Bradley's going to bring a salvation evangelistic word we're going to pray with people people are going to get saved people are going to get healed people are going to get delivered we're going to feed them a free lunch that day and love on people and connect with people and we're going to put bait on the hook which is $500 to go toward paying their rent or their utilities to help people that are in need why? because God loves lost people (laughs) And God loves broken, hurting people. Amen? So we have our special events that we do. We also have uh, our jail ministry. Brother Jim Posfar, I don't think Brother Jim is in here. He's probably counting money in the back. He's our financial elder. Brother Jim leads our jail ministry every Sunday afternoon to the Arab City Jail. For almost 20 years now, Brother Jim has been going to the Arab City Jail. It is the, the greatest soul-winning ministry that we have. We see more people come to know Christ through that jail ministry, and you might say, well, you know what, Pastor Keith, that's just, you know, that jailhouse religion, everybody gets saved when they're in jail. I'm just telling you that is absolutely not true, and people really do get saved and really do get redeemed and really do get set free as a result of jail ministry. I'm just going to tell you a personal story that happened just recently. Two weeks ago, uh, we got a, uh, a young couple in our church that just got married, and the young man has grown up in our church, and the young girl has just come into our church since she married this young man, and they came to meet with me and Pastor Kelly to do a little marriage camp 
counseling, help them get going good as they're getting started in their new life together. And uh, so they came walking down the hallway at our downtown campus, and they walked by Brother Jim's door, and uh, she looked in there, and she saw Brother Jim, and then she looked at her husband, and she said, hey, that's that man. And he said, what man? She said, that man. You know, the man, the man from the jail. And so I'm out in the hallway greeting him, and all of a sudden she starts to tell me, two years ago she remembered the date, she remembered the scripture that he preached from, and she said, two years ago that was the man that preached the gospel in the jail, and I got saved, and my life has been forever changed. And she said, can I go tell him thank you? And I got to walk her in there and introduce her to Brother Jim, and she got to look him in the eye. She was in the jail one weekend. And that one weekend was all it took for her to hear the gospel. And this is what she told me. It was so beautiful. She said, Pastor Keith, she said, I didn't know how to live a Christian life, and I hadn't really done a good job. She said, but I know without a shadow of a doubt, I got saved. And my life has been forever changed. And now they're in our church, and they're growing, and they're excited about learning what it really means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen? All right, if you look at the next point there, so prayer and personal ministry, I want to talk about that real quick. So every person, I want you to hear this, every person that receives financial aid, food boxes, shoes, coats, Christmas, special events, jail ministry, every person that receives any of those outreaches from our church, they receive personal prayer and personal ministry. If we help you financially before you pick up your check to go pay the electric bill, you've got to meet with one of our prayer team counselors, and they're going to share the gospel with you, and they're going to pray with you, and they're going to minister to you. When we give away our food boxes, we do the same thing. When we give away our shoes, we do the same thing. When we give away our coats, we do the same thing. Everything that we do is connected to prayer and personal ministry, and we see people get saved. We see people get healed. We see people get delivered. We see breakthrough happen in people's lives as people are ministering to them and praying with them as as a result of our outreach ministries. Now, the last little word there is a word that simply says counseling. One of the things that we offer as an outreach into our community is we have, we call it Liberty Counseling, and Miss Lily, of course, leads this up for us also, and we have a team of trained counselors, and many of them actually have Bible college degrees in Christian counseling, and we offer free biblical Christian counseling to our community. We counsel families, we counsel uh, marriages, we counsel individuals, and it is an amazing process where we help people overcome the hurts and habits of yesterday, help them navigate through the challenges of life that's coming at them today, and find the future and the hope that Jesus has for them as we counsel them biblically and spiritually according to the Word of God to move forward into what God has for them. And it's an amazing, amazing Amazing ministry. Amen? All right. So let's talk about why. Why do we do all that? Sounds like a lot of money. Sounds like a lot of time. Sounds like a lot of people. Sounds like a lot of effort. Sounds like a lot of energy. And it is. (laughs) So why in the world do we do it? Let me tell you why. Because when we minister to those in need, we are ministering to Jesus. Every broken, hurting person is really Jesus in disguise. Matthew chapter 25, listen to what Jesus says. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. And all the nations will be gathered in his presence. And he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. 
I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you, Jesus, sick or in prison and visit you? Look at verse 40. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Why outreach? Why touch people that other people don't want to touch? Why do things that other people don't want to do? Why reach out to the broken and the hurting and the needy? Why spend all that money, all that time, all that energy, all that effort to do those things that we do every single day as a church? Because every time you minister to somebody in need, you minister to Jesus. And just to be a little more biblically accurate, it is impossible to minister to him unless you minister to them. Now look at the rest of this scripture. Then the king will turn to those on his left and say, away with you, you cursed ones. Into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels or his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. And then they will reply, Lord, when? When did we see you, Jesus? Jesus, if we would have saw you, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty? When did we see you a stranger? When did we see you naked or sick or in prison and not help you, Jesus? When? And he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refuse to help the least of these, you refused to help me. Why outreach? Because when you minister to broken, hurting people, you minister to Jesus. That next verse is really sobering. It says, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. It's interesting that in this scripture, the only thing that distinguishes the righteous from the unrighteous is how they treated those in need. Now we know we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus. But I think it's worth noticing the characteristics that Jesus himself used to distinguish those who are righteous and will have eternal life and those who are wicked and will spend eternity separated from God. He connects the fact that when our heart is right with God, We actually care for people. Amen? Look at this next point. One more why of outreach. Why outreach? Because meeting the felt needs, when you meet the physical need, when you meet the financial need, when you meet the emotional need, the the needs that they can feel, it opens spiritual doors. When you meet the felt need, it opens spiritual doors. The kind of faith that ministers to those in need is the kind of faith that saves people's lives. It saves souls. It saves families. It saves people. Look what the Apostle James said. He says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions, can Can that kind of faith save anyone? Can the kind of faith that says, I believe I should help people, but I don't help people, 
The kind of faith that says, I believe that every needy person is really Jesus in disguise, but I don't help the needy person that is Jesus in disguise. Can that kind of faith really save people? Look what he says. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or no clothing, and you say goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. The Apostle John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said this. He said, how can we say that we have the love of God abiding in us when we see our brothers and sisters in need and we have the ability to meet those needs and we do nothing? We close our heart of compassion toward them. How can you say the love of God abides in you? Why outreach Because the kind of faith that ministers to those in need is the kind of faith that saves souls, changes lives. That young lady that walked in that jail two years ago, the kind of faith that causes Brother Jim every Sunday for 20 years to go to the jail and preach the gospel to people that most people wouldn't waste their breath on, saved her soul. Why outreach? Because when you meet the felt need, it opens a spiritual door. Let's talk about missions for a few minutes. So let me give you a definition of what is missions. So missions is the global evangelistic ministry of Liberty Church that partners with pastors, churches, and ministries around the world to win souls, make disciples, and destroy the works of the devil. Uh, Brother Rod and Diana, are you guys in here this service? They're in class right now. Uh, Rod and Diana Harris head up the missions ministry here at Liberty Church. When you see them, give them a great big old hug and a great big old thank you because they have a heart to see the gospel of Jesus Christ going to all the world. The great commission, right? Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And that is what Liberty Missions is all about. It is the evangelistic, global evangelistic ministry of Liberty Church that partners with other pastors and other churches and other ministries literally around the world. As you saw this morning, we're going to Lira, Uganda, back to Uganda uh, in September. We've went to Guatemala. We went to Belize. We've partnered with other churches and other ministries and other places. Why? Because missions is the heart of God, and we're going to see that today. So how do we do missions? What does missions at Liberty looks like? Well, we do missions through crusades. We have evangelistic crusades where we invite people to come and hear the gospel. We go out and literally knock on doors and go door to door or hut to hut sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We do uh, missions through conferences. We have men's conferences and women's conferences and children's conferences and VBSs and different things that we do as we go into other places. Through outreach ministries, we feed the hungry, we clothe the naked, we provide food and opportunities for needs to be met even as we go in other places to share the gospel. We do missions through sponsorships. Right now, uh, we have 21 children. There are 21 albino children in Africa that are being sponsored through our Liberty Missions ministry here at Liberty Church. And you might say, why in the world are we sponsoring albinos? Well, many years ago, Miss Janice Webb, Dr. Webb's wife, went on a mission trip to Africa, her first trip, I believe. And as we were in Africa, uh, we started meeting some of these little albino children in Africa. And what we began to recognize and what God showed her and connected her heart to is that these albino children really face other challenges that the average child in Africa didn't face. 
Many of them, because they were born white and not black, would be thought to many times be cursed by God. And their families would abandon them and orphan them and leave them. And other people would have to reach out to provide for these children. And so God grabbed hold of Janice's heart and she began to sponsor an albino child in Africa. And all of a sudden that thing began to grow. And now it's a vital part of what we do in our missions ministry. For $35 a month, you can provide an albino child an education. They get to go to school. They get clothing. They get a school uniform. They get food every day, and they get a place to live for $35 a month. I wish I could raise my kids for $35 a month. And if you're interested in being a part of that, at the end of the service today, Miss Lilia, who's over our outreach, is going to be out there, and Miss Diana, who's over our missions, is going to be out at the information center, and you can stop by and get more information on how you can be a part of this. But that's one of the things we do is we sponsor children to help them get an education, to help them get food every day, clothes on their back, a shelter to live, and all the while they're connected to a Christian school that is teaching and training them in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the last little part, how do we do missions? We do it through leadership training. I just want to say this to us today. The stuff that you and I take for granted that are a normal part of everyday American Christian life, the world is starving for. The training, the teaching, the ministry, the opportunities that we have as an everyday ordinary American, what you get week in, week out at Liberty Church, there are people in Africa right now that would walk hours a day just for an opportunity to get what you're getting today. And so we do leadership training. We've trained 20 pastors and churches on how to do encounters. We've taught them how to do uh, outreaches. We've taught them how to do small groups. And we work with leaders and pastors in those different churches and communities to help them reach their community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's talk about why missions. Let me just be really blunt and really bold on this first point. Why missions? Because the world is going to hell without Jesus. The world is going to hell, guys. There are 7.7 billion people on the planet, and there are 3 billion, I want you to hear that, 7.7 billion people on the planet, there are 3 billion people that are considered unreached people. And what that means by being an unreached person in that 3 billion range, it simply means this. It means that there is a less than 2% population of followers of Jesus in their culture. There are three billion people that have never really heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. 81% of all, of all Muslims, Buddhists, and Hindus do not even know one Christian. 81% of that three billion people do not even know a Christian. Now let's think about America for just a second. We live in Arab, Alabama. Everybody in Arab, Alabama has heard the gospel. Everybody in Arab, Alabama drives by church every day. Everybody in Arab, Alabama has friends and family and co-workers that are believers in Jesus Christ. And yet we still have people going to hell surrounded by that great witness of Christ. Now imagine three billion people that don't have any of that. Three billion. Now that's not all the lost people. That's just three billion unreached people. There are lost people in that seven billion point, but three billion of the seven billion do not even have a two percent witness of Christ. Ninety-five percent of all pastors around the world have never had any real discipleship training. 
See, in, in Africa or in a third world country, if you're the first person in the village to get saved, you're the pastor. <laughs> Welcome to the ministry. You're the pastor. Because you're the only one that knows Jesus. You're number one. You're the pastor. And the challenge with that is, is most of those individuals, 95% of them, have never been discipled or trained or taught the Word of God. And they're trying to train and equip and mobilize and, and empower their church to reach their community. And they're struggling desperately because they've never been equipped or trained to do what God has called us to do. Why? Missions? The world's going to hell, guys. Hey, I think we forget sometimes. We, we forget Christianity is not about raising the quality of life for people. Christianity will raise the quality of your life. It's not, a, it's not an accident that the most prosperous nation on the planet is a Christian nation. That's not an accident. Jesus raises the quality of your life in how you live. But Christianity is not about raising the quality of life. It's not about Americanizing the world. Christianity is about people that are going to spend eternity in heaven or spend eternity in hell. And without Christ, they're going to hell forever and ever 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 and ever. How are they going to hear unless we go? How are they going to know unless we go? One of the famous missionaries of old, I don't remember if it was Hudson Taylor or if it was Jim Elliott, one of them made this statement. He said, I don't believe that one person should ever hear the gospel twice until every person has at least heard it once. Why missions? Because the world's going to hell, guys. Three billion people that don't even have never heard the gospel and billions of other people that have never responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And unless those of us who know go, that'll never change. Unless those of us who know go, that will never change. Look at that next point. I want you to see this. Why missions? Because our brothers and sisters in Christ need our support. 1 Thessalonians 3 says this. Paul's writing. He says to the Thessalonian believers, to the Thessalonian church, he says, we sent Timothy to visit you. He is our brother and God's co-worker proclaiming the good news of Christ. And we sent him to strengthen you and to encourage you in your faith and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you're going through. But you know that we are destined for such trouble. So this is what Paul said to the Thessalonians. He said, we've sent Timothy to you so he can encourage you and so he can strengthen you and so he can keep you from being shaken away from the faith that you're in because you're in trial and tribulation. And he said, and we know there's going to be trial and there's going to be tribulation, but we want to strengthen you. I'm just going to be honest with you. As I was preparing this message, I came under such conviction. And I told Kelly this week, I said, baby, I don't know what's going to change, but something's going to change in me. I can't, I can't do what I've been doing. I can't stay where I'm at right now. I've got, I've, something's got to change. And this is what the Lord said. He said, Keith, he said, think about the impact. Think about what happens in our local church when somebody's struggling and somebody's hurting. And the body of Christ, brothers and sisters gather around each other. If you're going through a hard time or a difficult time and all of a sudden the body of Christ just gathers around you, they encourage you and they pray for you and they help you. Maybe even financially they prop you up and push you through a tough time. It's amazing what happens when that happens, right? 
We've all been on the receiving end of having our brothers and sisters in Christ gather around us and encourage us and support us and help. And the impact that that makes is beyond words. And this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, Keith, imagine that. He said, now, when an American goes to another country, the moment you step off the plane, your presence in that country strengthens them, encourages them, and stabilizes them a million times more than what we experience right here in the local church. He said the impact. He said, Keith, see, I pray a lot. God, I want to I want to impact the world. I want to change the world. I want to turn the world upside down. He said, Keith, the, the opportunity to impact the world is simply by getting on a plane and stepping on the ground of another place. And your presence, just an American, not a pastor, just an American, stepping on the ground brings a support and brings a strength and brings an encouragement to those people, our brothers and sisters in Christ, who are many of them dying for their faith. See, when we talk about persecution in America as Christians, it means somebody unfriended us on Facebook. Or somebody said something really ugly about me on social media, and I don't know why I'm being persecuted for being a Christian. And we literally have people dying for their faith imprisoned for their faith. Their wives and their children are starving and nobody can support their wife and their children while they're in jail because if I feed your family while you're in jail for preaching the gospel, I'm going to be connected to you and they're going to imprison me and then my kids and my wife are going to go hungry and they're dying for their faith and we're whining about somebody on social media persecuting us. And I just told Kelly, I don't know what's going to change but something's going to change. Because I've got to support my brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. Because where much is given, guys, much is required. Look at that last point. Why missions? Because you'll never be the same. You will never be the same. The moment you get outside of this nation and you step foot specifically in a third world country, your life will never be the same. When you step out in faith, God shows out. God shows up on your behalf. Second Chronicles says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. Let me tell you something. Nothing is nearer and dearer to the heart of God than missions because God loves souls. And it'll change your life. You'll never be the same. We have one mission goal here at Liberty Church. It's very simple. Here's our mission goal. Here's what it is. We want every member of Liberty Church to go on one mission trip in their lifetime. That's our goal. Really simple. We want every member of Liberty Church to go on one mission trip in their lifetime. And this is why. You might say, well, Pastor Keith, that seems really simple. That don't seem even really super spiritual, you know. Let me tell you why that's important. Let me tell you why that's our mission goal. Because if you go on a mission trip, you know what will happen? Souls will be saved. If you go on a mission trip, you know what will happen? The brothers and sisters in Christ around the world will be strengthened. And you know what will happen if you go on a mission trip? You'll come home and you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same Christian you were. It is impossible. You'll never be the same Christian you were.
your life will change. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor Keith, man, I want to find, how do I get involved in the local outreach, all the things we're doing here in our community and all the things we're doing around the world, how do I get connected? All you got to do is stop by the information center today. Miss Lily and Diana's going to be out there and just sign up, say, hey, I want some more information and they'll follow up with you. They'll answer all your questions. They'll give you the information that you need and they'll work with you to get you connected to be a part of what God's doing. I want you just to bow your heads with me right now for just a second. My prayer is I hope that like you, that like me, God has convicted you today. That like me, you're here today and you're saying, I got to do something. I don't know what it is, God, and I need you to show me what it is, but I got to do something. I can't stay the same. Too much has been given for me to do nothing. Locally, globally, I've got to make a difference in somebody else's life. If you're here today and you're a believer and the Holy Spirit is dealing with you, I want to challenge you. Stop by that information center. Give them your name and your phone number and follow through with whatever God shows you to do. Follow through with whatever God shows you to do. Be that person that changes the world. Second thing I want to do, we're getting ready to dismiss, is simply this. Maybe you're here today and you realize, hey, you know what, Pastor Keith? I believe in Jesus, but I've never really accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And maybe you realize this morning, you're going to hell. Maybe you realize this morning that if you were to die today, you would die without Christ. Well, Pastor Keith, I believe there is a God, and I believe that Jesus is God's Son. The Bible says the demons believe that and tremble. But they've never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They've never surrendered their life to him. That says, today, I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to receive the gift of eternal life. And I want to live my life from this day forward forever for you, God. If that's you this morning and you want to pray and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you just to stand to your feet. Just stand up right now, a simple act of faith. Today, I want to accept Christ. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want, tr I want to trust Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. This is your moment right now. This is your moment just to stand to your feet all over this building. Today, I want to accept Christ. I want to receive the gift of eternal life, and I want to commit my life to follow Him as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, stand right now. We're about to close. This moment's about to end. Don't miss it. Why do I got to stand? Because the Bible says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father and His angels. But if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father and His angels. As people stand, if you're standing up, our ushers are going to come slip a little packet in your hand. And we're going to pray together. If you want to stand right now, this is your moment. Just stand up. Today I want to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins, to be my Lord and Savior. I want to commit my life to follow Him. We're going to pray this prayer. If you're standing, this is specifically for you. I want to ask everybody in this room to say it with me. Let's say it out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died and rose again to pay for my sin. I confess that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sin and give me the gift of eternal life. Come into my heart and my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I commit my life to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.